Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Cobbers. From the land down under. This is the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast. Whether you're with the Strikers, the Stars, or the Sixers, you might be a renegade, enjoy the heat, love the thunder, like a scorcher, or prefer hurricanes. Brought to you in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk. Tie your kangaroo down, put another shrimp on the barbie and enjoy the fun. It's gonna be a ripper. Big Bash 10. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Big Bash Daily. Thanks to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their continued support of these podcasts. bluecrocodile.co.uk, snapping up the right mortgages for you. I'm James the Cricket Badger and we've seen a double header in the Big Bash today as the table starts to take shape, although there is still an awful lot of cricket to play before we know who the final five sides are in this year's Big Bash League. Joining me to talk about that and also probably have a bit of a glance towards Gal and the Sri Lanka against England test match. It's Abai Meta and Ash Turner. And Abai, let's start off with the game involving your side today. How about Hurricanes came into this one as we did our predictions yesterday on the podcast. They're already rubbish because the two games today went against what we suggested. Uh, we we saw that if Hobart Hurricanes had lost to the Sixers, it would effectively rule them out of going any further in the competition. As it stands, a very important victory for Hobart today against the uh, table-topping Sixers. Hurricanes won by seven runs. Crucial crucial points there for your team very much uh, much needed victory though not so convincing even now uh, Hobart haven't been at their best throughout the tournament but uh, inclusion of Wade uh, and you know pain on the bench <laughs> probably uh, will do the trick and they might just peak and uh, they might even qualify because the last game should ideally be easy for them against There's the no, Renegades no easy games in this competition no easy games and the Renegades could even have a final say couldn't they before they all go home that opening partnership are by 
Matthew Wade's obviously come back from test duty. He's taken over the captaincy and the gloves. Darcy Short, who's been not at his best during this tournament, their opening stand, 145 in 14 and a half overs from them, 86 for Matthew Wade, 72 from Darcy Short. And when you've got openers firing like that, you're always going to get a, a competitive score. No doubt. But uh, it looked like a 220 today. Uh, they ended up getting 188. After both of them got out, uh, none of the batsmen could really settle in and, you know, take Hobart towards a good score. So they lost so many wickets, around eight for around 40 odd. Those things are alarming for Hobart, but it was still enough for today. It's 78 from Jordan Silk, 43 from Moises Enriquez in the reply from the Sixers, but they left themselves too much to do. And as I say, lost by seven runs today there. The Sixers though, Ash, they've been towards the top end of the Big Bash ladder all the way through. My wonderful Perth Scorchers are now top on net run rate, but the Sixers are pretty much guaranteed to be in the top two. If they can win their final game, they certainly will be. Do they take anything from that game today in terms of um, a loss of momentum or anything? Or do you think they're fairly, they're looking pretty dandy going into the final five? I don't think they'll be too worried after today. I thought they came across two batsmen opening the batting for Hobart who were just on an absolute fire and everything was going their way. Even some of the more innovative shots that I don't think were necessarily planned by the Hobart batsmen by Wade and Short were coming off. And they fought back well, actually, to keep them to only 188 because it did look like 220 was easily on for them. And then batting-wise, they never really got going, but I think... They'll probably be happy in a sense that although they didn't win, you saw both Silken and Enriquez really showing some form, which is something that they, they may need because the openers haven't always fired. The top end hasn't always fired. So if they've got that engine room in the middle that's able to fire and take them over the line in the knockouts, that'll be really important to them. So I don't think they'll be mass- massively disappointed, but I think they'd like to finish with a win going into knockouts. Hobart Hurricanes took all four points, takes them up to 27 in the table. We'll go through the table after we've gone through the second game of the day. But as we said to Abai, crucial points for them. And it's incredible, isn't it, that we come to this stage of the Big Bash. Every team's got one game to play. They've all played 13 and only Renegades are out of contention. Every single team, all the way from Perth Scorchers in first down to the Melbourne Stars in seventh, could still win this Big Bash League. It's it's uh, you know a, a tournament organiser's dream that it's come to the final group with every single game mattering. Uh, before today's podcast, I was just thinking because we discussed so many times about the bash boost point, you know, and these new rules. Um, I just thought as a Hobart fan, they lost some of the bash boost points in a couple of games, I remember. And those could be crucial as well. They could have easily been third or fourth today. But interesting though, Abai says that, Ash, because you go down the, the, the win column in the Big Bash League every team is in order of number of wins. So effectively, they're all in order that they would have been if, if it had been two points for a win and there'd been no added gizmos this season. So the Big Bash boost point hasn't actually made that much difference, has it? Yeah, that's the thing that I guess has been maybe a bit of a disappointment to the rule makers. You, sort of, you, you look at the Bash boost point and it's made it more entertaining, you would say. We've seen teams chasing that boost, that boost target. But actually, when it comes down to it, we were all hoping, oh, it might take net run rate out of the equation. But it's looking very, very likely now that net run rate will still have a say. It's a bit of an the, 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 a hard the, the, one. There's slight really. vagaries there. I mean, Adelaide Strikers are in third by virtue of one extra point above the Thunder and the Hobart Hurricane. So that's obviously by virtue of a, a, a big bash boost point they've picked up. So that has made a difference there. But generally speaking, the table wouldn't look very much different if the boost point hadn't existed, which is it's a strange one after how much we talked about it at the start. And it's obviously made a bit of a difference inside games at times. But overall, you know, it, it hasn't made that much difference. Has it? it's, it's bizarre. I was like, 
like you, I wanted to see net run rate um, totally out of the out of the equation. But it could easily be that net run rate ends up being the divider that separates the fifth and sixth team even. Yeah, as you say, it's, it is bizarre because I think especially early on, we had quite a few results where sort of the boost point would go to the team that was ended up losing the game or we found teams, say, chasing it. And it just it, it seemed like it was going to make a massive effect. And now you look at it and actually it seems to just even itself out across the games yeah. because there's that many games. And so as you say, it, it isn't making much of an effect. So although it may have changed the tactics towards the game and it may have added little bits of entertainment along the way, as you say, to the actual pit, the whole picture of the Big Bash League, it's not actually seemed to have made really any tangible difference. In changing times like these, make a change yourself. Buy your own home. Still living with parents or renting? Why not buy your first property? Mortgage rates are lower than ever. Speak to Blue Crocodile. Blue Crocodile? Yeah, Blue Crocodile. They'll get you the right first-time buyer deal by searching the market for the most competitive option for you. They don't bite. They're just straight-talking people like me. Give them a bell or go online. Blue Crocodile. Well, those points by the Hobart Hurricanes are taken up to 27th. That equation that I just gave you, that scenario I just gave you, if Melbourne Stars, who play the sixes in their final game, pick up three points but don't pick up the boost point, they get three points. They would go level with Hobart Hurricanes, who are currently in fifth. If the Hurricanes lose their last game and don't pick up any points for the boost, they'll stay on 27. So those teams could end up being tied on 27 in fifth place, with net run rate being the deciding factor. So definitely could actually play a part still, net run rate, no matter how much we want to see it disappear the other game today the strikers an equally important win for them they've picked up the win against Sydney Thunder Sydney Thunder have obviously been in, in decent well decent form certainly in their, their previous game where Alex Hales went bonkers but the strikers have taken all four points from that game today the strikers made 159 for six runs really shared around there were in fact three top scorers in that innings 31 from Weatherald Salt and Head saw them up to that total and then the Sydney Thunder batting second Kawaji with 36 was the top scorer at the uh, top of the order. Alex Hale's out for 10 today, 153 for seven they made and they lost that by six runs. So that's a win for the strikers. Sees them climb the table as well. Strikers now up to third position in the table, 28 points, four behind the Scorchers and the Sixers, but still catchable by all of the teams beneath them all the way down to the Stars who are in seventh, which makes it a ridiculously interesting final round of fixtures, Abai. We've got three games on tomorrow. We've got one game, which is the Stars against the Sixers on Tuesday. Those three games tomorrow, by the time we get through to the podcast tomorrow evening, we should know a little bit uh, closer who's going to be in that top five. At the moment, it's hard to predict it, as we found yesterday. Very hard to predict. And uh, next couple of days are going to be very crucial to really know that, okay, who are going to qualify, especially Hobart and uh, Stars. They are going to have some sleepless nights as well going into the next couple of days. Well, the final round of fixtures, let's go through, uh, go through these, not to predict, them like we did yesterday. It's worth looking through the table in connection with the fixtures to see who plays who in this final round of games. And we've got the Adelaide Strikers taking on the Sydney Thunder. So the Strikers are currently the team in third, as we've just said, the Sydney Thunder in fourth. So one of those teams is going to take points off each other, which will either leave the Strikers stranded on 28 potentially or the Thunder stranded on 27. And both of those then vulnerable to teams coming from uh, behind. You've got then the Brisbane Heat taking on the Perth Scorchers. The Perth Scorchers already qualified but the Heat needing to win to stand a chance of progression so the Perth 
Rushes will be under assault from the Brisbane Heat who have to go for it in that game. The Melbourne Renegades then taking on the Hobart Hurricanes. The Renegades down and out. But as we just said to Abai, they could derail the Hobart Hurricanes who are currently in fifth. But if Heat or Stars beneath them win, they need to win to stay in contention for a top five place. And then finally, as I said, on the uh, game on Tuesday, Melbourne Stars taking on the Sydney Sixers with the Melbourne Stars having to win that game to stand any chance of progression. That may have changed by the time we get to Tuesday, but Sydney Sixers, who have already qualified, Melbourne Stars need to derail them to uh, stand a chance of making the top five. So, uh, Ash, it's, uh, we couldn't have a more exciting last round of games, could we? Every team is playing, obviously, other teams. Every game counts. All kinds of different permutations there in terms of who could qualify. Only the Sixers and the Scorchers safe. Yeah, it's going to be super exciting. Say, so You look at that table and you look at them fixtures and the issue is, is that we found in the big bash that a team can win three or four games on the trot and then it means nothing. They can easily go and lose the next game comfortably. And we look at Hobart and you think, yeah, Renegades, they should be beating them. But the Renegades have picked up a little bit over the last couple of weeks. I'm sure that the Stars will still have something to probably play for on the on the very last day, but tomorrow's going to be massive with three games going. Obviously, the Thunder and Strikers seems like the big one because both teams, if they win, are better through, but if they lose, it's then squeaky bum time with the Stars just behind them and also the Heat not far behind as well. The Heat, again, they you would expect them probably to lose, but you just don't know. Every team has in a way has been so inconsistent throughout the tournament and it all seems to come down to the two or three big players for each team so I I think it'll be a case of literally whose big stars turn up on the day tomorrow and on Tuesday The two teams most vulnerable Abai to the Melbourne Stars in their final game of the uh, the Big Bash League stage are the Heat and the Hurricanes aren't they and the Heat play the Scorchers the Hurricanes play the Renegades now if they both win um, the Heat pick up four and the uh, Hurricanes pick up four they both go out of range of the Melbourne Stars so the Melbourne stars could actually get to Tuesday we're all looking at as a, a mouth-watering effectively knockout stage match for the uh, the Melbourne stars and the stars might be out of contention by then uh, yes that could happen but I think uh, chances are quite less uh, because uh, unless and until you know um, I, I don't think uh, Scorchers will be uh, too nice to the Heat and uh, they are the team in form so I think it will be very difficult for Heat to defeat Scorchers in their last match That's to the advantage Ash of of the other sides really as well with uh, the Scorchers uh, well with Sydney Sixers anyway even if uh, Melbourne Stars have a a chance in that day you'd imagine the Sixers are going to take that seriously because the Melbourne Stars are a side despite the fact they're currently in 7th who have got Stars in their side and we all know that they're more than capable if Stoinis Maxwell and co suddenly start to fire in the playoffs they're more than capable of going through and lifting the trophy so the Sydney Sixers could eliminate them effectively on Tuesday Yeah I don't think the Sixers are going to take the, the game lightly at all I think Obviously, they'll want the win themselves to try and get themselves as high up in the knockout stages as possible because we know that means a better run to the final as such. And as you say, you're going to want probably a team like the Stars who, with the likes of Zampa, Stoyanis, Maxwell, have got the ability to win any game out of nothing. You want them knocked out, really. They're the sort of team that you'd expect to thrive in the knockouts and maybe pull off a couple of shocks and maybe even go on a run and get themselves to the final. So I'm sure the Sixers won't take it lightly. I'm sure they'll be going out there to win the game and get another strong team knocked out of the tournament but it's been a brilliant competition it's been absolutely fantastic for it to to come to this stage with every game now remaining in the tournament absolutely mattering four more games in the uh, in the league stage and then we're down to the final five through that playoffs every game from now on is effectively a knockout game potentially and it's going to be really interesting to see how that manifests itself as we go through to the final on the 6th of February bluecrocodile.co.uk 
Sort your mortgage in a snap. Are you a first-time buyer with your eyes on that dream house? Are you wanting to move or looking for a better mortgage deal? Let Blue Crocodile find the right mortgage for you. 10% deposit mortgages are returning. If you need to know how much you can afford to borrow, just visit bluecrocodile.co.uk. The bluecrocodile.co.uk cricketer of today's matches. Then we've seen two well, reasonably close games, haven't we? And we've talked about the uh, the star players, well, certainly in terms of the batting in each of those games so far. But Ash, if you're going to take me to uh, the man that had the the best of the games today, who would be your bluecrocodile.co.uk cricketer of today's matches? I'm going to pull out a bit of a shock here because it'd be so easy to go for Wade or Short or Jordan Sill. Been so many people who've scored runs, but actually, I'm going to go for some, for a bowler, and I'm going to go for Adam Milne because I can't believe that a player as a bowler has been on the losing side bowling the important overs, and yet came away with figures of one wicket for only six runs or four overs. I find that in a competition as strong as the Big Bash just simply amazing and fair play to him because I was a bit unsure with him coming back from injury how he'd do for the Thunder, but he's really impressed me and. Today, them figures just seemed unbelievable. Abai, where would you take me for the bluecrocodile.co.uk cricketer of today's match? Fair point by Ash. I'd still go for Wade. Uh, because I'm biased with the captains leading from the front. It is difficult today because obviously on these double-header days, and we've got three games tomorrow, so it's even going to be harder, isn't it, to uh, kind of pick out one particular person. But I take Ash's point about Milne, but looking at Wade and the impact he's made coming back in for the Hurricanes in a crucial game for them against Sydney Sixers, who have been pretty dominant throughout this BBL 10 campaign, his 86 at the top of their order. 44 balls, 10 fours and a 1-6. I think Matthew Wade fully deserves to be the blue crocodile cricketer of today's matches mortgages are simpler than you think when you have a crocodile on your side blue crocodile making mortgages snappy and simple visit bluecrocodile.co.uk follow them on twitter at blue croc money or find them on facebook Blue Crocodile. Let's uh, step away from the big bash because we're going to be talking about that ad infinitum over the next few days as this tournament uh, bubbles up to a crescendo, we hope. But let's have a look ahead um, and look across to uh, Sri Lanka then. The second test in Gaul. Um, day three today sees England finish on f- well, 42 runs behind on the first innings. 339 for nine. Joe Root, the last man out. Terrific. After his 228 in the first test match, out for 186 today. Runner out for the second time in the series but run out by a close fielder this time 309 balls 18 fours the England captain looked like he was uh, running out of juice about three hours before he was finally out and he just pulled on reserves that uh, he probably didn't even know he had and that's where all the work in the gym and things start to pay off isn't it when you play in innings like that but even his stamina and his uh, prowess at the crease couldn't uh, deny Sri Lanka Abai that lead at the end of uh, day three and um, the last men coming to the uh, crease uh, to continue for England tomorrow um, unlikely they're going to score 42 for the 10th wicket not impossible but unlikely so Sri Lanka taking a, a first innings lead potentially into day four can really put England under pressure on a, on a pitch that's maybe starting to turn a little bit more. England are not going to find it easy to come out of this with a draw or better. Yes, no doubt. Saw your tweets as well. It could be a bit difficult for uh, England, but still they erase the, de- um, the deficit. You know, it could have been 100 runs 
but now it's going to be 30 odd. So England have done a good job, I would say. But Ash, one of the beauties, I mean, I've been commentating on the last couple of days of this test match and I just love test match cricket. The way ebbs and flows, the way one team gets on top, then the other team takes two wickets and kind of pulls themselves back into it. Joe Root's stamina. I mean, the one thing you don't see, well, two things I'll give you that you don't see in a, in a shorter form game is the stamina required for Joe Root to build an innings like that. You don't get that in any form of cricket and the character, the technique, the temperament, the attitude, the skill that you require to play in innings like that. Um, in both test matches for Joe Root, you don't get anywhere else. And also, we're going to be faced with, well, potentially if Sri Lanka make a fist of their um, second innings in this one, Chandamal and uh, uh, Mickey Arthur, etc., are going to have to get around a table and try and work out when they pull out of their second innings because the onus is now on Sri Lanka to try and win this second test match to level the series. I can't think of another sport where a team actually kind of declares or, or, or has that process where they set the tone and set the challenge for the other side in the fourth innings uh, you know, that's what sets test cricket and first class cricket apart from anything else I think yeah as you say the, the endurance factor the physical fitness factor and also that sort of endurance of the mind and the, needing that mindset and te- temperament as you say is one of the, the things that I guess sets test cricket apart from a lot of other sports and a lot of other competitions because there isn't many that go on for, for five days and the fact that Joe Root's been out there for 93% of the eight days we've now had of, te- of test cricket is madness and the fact that he's managed it and he scored so many runs is amazing but as you say there's, I don't think there's any other sport any other competition whereby there's such a tactical decision that needs to be made and I think that's where this game's going to be exciting because Sri Lanka have got to set a, re- a reasonable target you yep. can't just put 100 on the board and think that's going to be enough because England have got the talent to, to knock it off even on a difficult pitch and we've, we've seen they've got the talent previously in other games where they can chase down big targets so it, it, it's going to be a hard one because if Leach and Anderson can take an hour out of tomorrow morning and add 10, 20 runs on Sri Lanka are in a difficult spot you've, you've got to score runs reasonably quickly and that's not going to be an easy thing to do and I think it will be very interesting to see how Leach and Bess approach that because I think the thing that probably most fans will be critical of Leach and Bess at times has been that it's been one or two loose balls every over there's always been a couple of runs available now if they can keep it tight tomorrow and make it difficult and obviously we know Jimmy Anderson will keep it tight and make it difficult and Sri Lanka are going to be faced with a, a big conundrum do they go for it do they try and get quick runs because they need the win but then risk the fact that they could easily get themselves all out for 135 again and give England a day to knock off what you would see as a very attainable target. It's, it's going to be so interesting. And it, as you say, it's what makes Test cricket such a good sport to watch, even when it's lasting five days. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls.
It is beautifully poised, isn't it, as we go into day four. Two days left, and the, the weather forecast is good, thankfully. And you're right, because the onus is on Sri Lanka, and they've got to seize the initiative. England will ultimately be happy to take a draw and, and take the series win, um, if that's all that's remaining for them. But you know, by risking that declaration, Sri Lanka have got to leave a portion of the uh, the door open for England to come through and win themselves. So that's what makes that declaration so exciting. You'd, you'd imagine, Ash, that Sri Lanka will probably, you know, assuming that they can get rid of the, the final 10th wicket and they'll have about a 30 run lead for sake of argument going into uh, their innings that they'll bat the first probably half a day fairly normally set themselves a platform and then and then try and explode from there to get some quick runs to maybe even ideally give themselves half an hour at England at the close of play if you're looking at it I would be saying let's get them out in the first half hour tomorrow morning take our time bat up to the middle of the second session maybe even to tea see where we are and then really try and push home that advantage in the last session tomorrow and see where you are maybe you're in a good enough position as you say you can have half an hour 45 minutes at the England batsmen especially that the openers that are under pressure you can have that little spell at them before the close of play but I think they're going to want to give themselves at least a day to try and bowl England out so it's all about timing it right and it'll be interesting to see I think what might happen if as we've seen previously Sri Lanka lose a couple of early wickets and the openers go early on because th- then you really are stuck in a conundrum do you go for it or are you are you risking throwing the whole game away it's, it's going to be so interesting tomorrow morning been a really fascinating uh, test series one final point Abai as Ash kind of indicated there jury very much still out I think on, on Jack Leach and Don Bess and their future for England as the spinners there aren't too many candidates to kind of take their place and certainly the investment in Don Bess would suggest that he's going to go into the Indian series as one of the two spinners certainly in that uh, first test match at least but it's a chance for them isn't it on days four and five whenever they get that opportunity to bowl Sri Lanka out and show what they can do. Um, there's obviously a, a bit more turn on that surface and get some confidence going into that uh, that Indian series. It's a very big opportunity for both of them. England have backed them, so uh, I'm sure they will do their best and try to you know seize the opportunity. And both would be uh, very, very hungry to go into India uh, with a lot of confidence, just like you said. Going to be really interesting over the next two days then in goal as England and Sri Lanka. Um, Sri Lanka, I think, can take a lot of credit out of this series, whatever happens, after being bowled out for 135. They really fought back hard in that first test match and that's extended into the second test match as well. So I'm sure, despite the fact that he's throwing um, bottles into bins every five seconds, Mickey Arthur will be very, very pleased with the way his Sri Lankan team have responded to that early disappointment. And who knows, they could still take a one-all draw from this series. But uh, massive plaudits for Joe Root. 228 in that first test, 186 in the second. Just phenomenal batting from the England captain. And uh, just underlining the fact that this is a big year for English cricket in the test arena and Joe Root started like a house on fire tomorrow in the big bash we'll see Adelaide Strikers take on the Sydney Thunder the Brisbane Heat take on the Perth Scorchers and we'll see the Melbourne Renegades taking on the Hobart Hurricanes as big bash 10 really does hot up and then on Tuesday the final group game sees the Melbourne Stars taking on the Sydney Sixers after that we will know the final five teams and their order as they go into the playoff stages and we'll be covering all of that as we go through to the final on the February the 6th on these Big Bash dailies. But for today, Abai and Ash. Abai, I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better. You're a bit uh, a bit poorly yesterday, but you're feeling much better and sounding much better today. And Ash, thank you very much for your time today. Cheers for having me. And uh, thanks everybody out there for listening. Hopefully you're enjoying all of this cricket. It's just a wonderful time to be a cricket nuffy, a cricket b- 
bounty, whatever you call yourself, if you're obsessed with this game. It's superb, whatever format we're looking at. The Big Bash is giving us plenty of entertainment. The Test Series around the world, equally so. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Cricket underscore Badger. Like, subscribe, so you keep up to uh, date with all of the episodes coming out. I've been James, the Cricket Badger, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Big Bash 10. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you another edition of the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tomorrow. See you then. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.